What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No, no. no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No, yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't. Cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast this weekend. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. Hello again. Hello again. Hello again. It is Game Source Podcast 146. Uh, from our good friends with Game Source, yourgamesource.com, the nuherald.com. Um, the the uh, actually kind of official, not so official, maybe official, depends on who you talk to, uh, news outlet for uh, National University, and then also Pop Culture Cosmos. Uh, it is Game Source Podcast number 146, and hopefully this will also be re-edited in audio version for the news uh, NU Herald uh, podcast channel as well. My name is Gerald Glassford, and I'm here with my good friend, the latest graduate officially of national university uh and i'm most most uh you know uh great to have him here had some issues back and forth him in the mountains i think he was busy yodeling so that's why the uh you know uh, didn't get actually the, the best of connections yes uh either that or he was playing pokemon go just a little bit too much his name is josh peterson how are you sir hey, hey. i'm good man thanks for having me on and the uh, by the way, the book that you authored, Vendetta Dark, is that still available uh, on Amazon, Goodreads, and what do, and whatnot? Oh, you bet it's still available. Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, paperback, ebook. Check it out. It's actually a very good read, and if anybody gets a chance to do so, please uh, please go do so. It's um, I. I Picked it up myself for my Kindle, and it was a, a must-buy. Josh sent us a copy over for review as well. Uh, we were most appreciative of it, and we're looking forward to see, seeing and reading more great stuff that Josh has got coming down the pike, which we will go into uh, before we get off the air today. But you and I both know it. The world knows it. It's been going crazy for Pokemon Go. Um, Nintendo and the Antic. Uh, co-developed a augmented reality program that has been sweeping the entire face of God's green earth over the past two and a half weeks. Um, it has uh, garnered, I uh, believe, in the upwards of 30 million. Well, it's probably more so, much more so now. Um, it has outpaced, uh, depending on, on which avenue you're talking about, uh, either 
um, Android or iPhone. It has outpaced such apps as uh, Twitter, um, also as well Facebook, and even, not my favorite, but maybe somebody else's, Tinder. So I ask you, Josh, uh, have you been playing any Pokemon Go? Not yet. I've been watching other people play. I have a Windows phone, so you know I need to get rid of this brick here. But I, it, it's fun. I've been playing on other people's phones, and I, I think it's a, it's a great way for people, like gamers especially, to get to know each other. Because we, you know, we tend to be a reclusive bunch, but you know, it's 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 a fun game. I think Nintendo kind of struck gold with that one. Uh, they they did indeed. It was a great idea, a great concept. Um, I have been you know, called a harsh critic of Nintendo over the course of the years. In fact, the media has uh, been, been uh, as a whole, from what I've covered, um, maybe it's treated Nintendo maybe a little bit on the harsh side. Some of it is deserved as far as their business decisions over the past five years um, or so, uh, ever since the fall of the Wii. Uh, but I will, because I, I, I think a lot goes to it, and this is just personal opinion. I think a lot when it comes to media, they want to see, or they're used to th- the success that it had uh, with the NES and the N64, and then the Wii, and they, 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 they perceive Nintendo as as always being able to to do this dramatic, the good success and whatnot, and and unfortunately that's not always been the case, especially in recent times. Uh, with the failure of the Wii U and and uh, some of their other decisions, but let's give the let's give the devil its due in this case. They have done an outstanding job as far as uh, this year is is concerned. Ever since Star Star Fox, we'll forget about that's something they want to probably just you know put under the carpet at this point in time. But I will tell you this: uh, they have done an outstanding job for the future as far as is concerned. With obviously the release of Pokemon Go. Um, and then you have, uh, well, you know, you have good stuff coming on the way with the legend of Zelda, which, you know, people like Doug, uh, from our good friend at retro city games, uh, who's come on the show and been a great part of the show and also part of game source. Uh, he is, uh, was there at E3 and, and he witnessed the eight hour lines, literally eight hour lines to play a, a small demo of the game. And, and whatnot, and then also as well, uh, you know, the mini NES that's coming out, the abbreviated NES, as far as so it's going to be a what fits in size palm of your hands, I believe it is uh, that Nintendo's officially releasing with 30 bundled games inside uh, to play. Uh, that will be coming out for the holidays. That's not exactly the system from Nintendo everybody wanted to see, or was expecting to see, or was hoping to see this holiday. Uh, I was hoped to be the NX, but that's not coming out until, uh, as of this point, March of next year uh, is what they're targeting. But the NX is a good question. It's because, you know, if the NX should fail, I ask you, is that really important as far as the overall Nintendo scheme? Because we've, we've seen the success of, of what they've done outside of that realm, and we've seen the the interest that people have um, as far as for Nintendo products itself, if they were to to fail with the NX and whatever console mobile combination hybrid that they you know have rumored to be uh, you know developing at this point in time, if the NX fails, is it game over for Nintendo? Um, first of all, the new Nintendo, the little tiny one, I'm excited about that. Like I I go to. 
from Walgreens. I bought a like a Sega Genesis of the hard drive, and I absolutely loved it because it had all the little games in it. But and that's something that's generated a lot of positive interest as well. Uh, it, you know that news and also Pokemon Go. Their shares have written have uh, for Nintendo have rose. Uh, well, they they've gone down in the past couple of days, but they rose higher. To give you an idea, their shares had ridden so high that they were outvaluing Sony. That they were better. They were at a higher value than the Sony Corporation. Oh yeah, I agree with that. that. I mean, I think the success of Pokemon Go really answers that question in itself. Like, why, why are they even bothering? I mean, I, I like the console games. Like Legend of Zelda looks cool, but why are they even bothering with consoles? It seems like it's been such a big woe for them over the past like ten years. Why are they even bothering if they have such massive success on things like Game Boy? But then again, if you look at it, if they really want their consoles to be successful look why not i i ask you this question why not create a console-based pokemon game because obviously people would buy it and people would you know they play it like the, yeah well I, and that's that's a good point and i'm assuming that that if the nx is you know going to have the the rumored hybrid of mobile activity to um, console activity, and it's supposed to be a hybrid of each, augmented reality where, you know, and if if people don't understand what augmented reality is and they hadn't played Pokemon Go yet, if you haven't, what are you doing? Because it's kind of fun. Just be safe when you're doing it, by the way. You got to pay attention where your surroundings, as they say, because I have a feeling somebody's going to be suing them pretty soon for for damages because what people are doing are wild. But getting back... Um, you know, running into police cars, you know, dead, body. dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, getting getting themselves robbed and all that. But anyways, um, it, they're going to, as far as it's concerned, if that's the case, and it's rumored to be a hybrid of the both. I'm sure a Pokemon game of that type or that ill, or even Pokemon Go, will come out with an NX version uh, that will appeal to the audience. May maybe it'll that be too late as far as a Pokemon Go per se, but maybe a hybrid of that Pokemon type experience could work with it. I'm elaborating more uh, as well on the fact like like you is when Sega, you know, the Sega uh, systems didn't work uh, after the fall of the Genesis as far as it's concerned. Um, and they're, they're, well, not the fall of the Genesis per se, excuse me, the, the fall of the Dreamcast and then uh, obviously the Saturn. Um, was the, the the ultimate downfall of Sega in the console business. You know, they they proceeded to go ahead and get into a software-only basis, which they are still today. Um, you know, we have a good friend uh, that works in our PR company, John, give you a big shout-out there because he's been so gracious to us over the years. But uh, that being said, Sega has never really hit the heights with their, their software products from both the mobile and console standpoint that maybe – uh, most were hoping or expecting, uh, but that's not to say they won't do it. It's just at this point in time, it has not worked out in the long run like they had envisioned uh, to become a major, powerful publisher uh, that was after they stopped producing consoles. If Nintendo, the NX, does not succeed to the level that they needed to be or wanted to be, I don't think it's game over at all for Nintendo. I think their their future is extremely bright, as evidenced by what we've seen the past three weeks, uh, because their characters and their licenses that they could they could go ahead and and issue out. I mean, just imagine if Zelda was released on on 
uh, a late Xbox One, PS4, uh, you know, scenario as far as it's concerned. It would sell, you know, I don't know, GTA, not by like numbers, but it would sell quite a bit and quite heavy. So I do see a long-term future for the company going forward. How about you? No, I, I agree. I mean, the success of Pokemon goes, the success of Pokemon in general, that's, you know, on their their mobile platforms, that's that's really mobile platforms and the uh, Game Boy games. It's They don't really need the consoles. And you're right, you know, if they were to take one of their major IPs and put it over onto Xbox or PlayStation, like it would still, it would sell like crazy. Indeed it would. And so at least it's something in the back of their mind they now can, can see. And, and also their investors, you know, which they, they do uh, take a lot of uh, importance with, as far as it's concerned, their thoughts and their inputs. Um, because obviously what we saw with the, the action of their stock in the past three weeks and how dramatically it rose, um, they value Nintendo and their Nintendo properties um, quite a bit. And there, there's a long-term future there, even if the NX should fail um, or should not see the, the type of uh, success that it ultimately needs to have. Um, but speaking of success or whatnot, um, we are continuing on with our discussion as far as uh, well, we're past the halfway point. We're, we're almost heading in August, whatnot. Um, basically, this, you know, it's because for the video game industry, film industry, and also TV, fall season's coming upon us, and some great stuff is coming out for each of those. So, so it gets hot and heavy hair, hot and heavy there. But uh, that being the case, so far in 2016, what are just a couple of the the things that you've seen in TV and movies and the games that that really have stuck out as far as being well done in your mind? Ooh, I haven't played a lot of games this summer. I've, I'm waiting for Deus Ex to come out. But as far as movies go, I was I was disappointed by Tarzan. Like, I was really looking forward to it, and it ended up... It wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't something that was, like, really exciting to me. Um, well, I'm surprised it has done as well as it has in the box office. Um, as far as it's concerned, because it's now over $100 million domestically. It will make uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of three fifty, dollars maybe $400 million. Um, it, with production costs and advertising costs, it may break even at best, but this was looking like a real turkey when it, when it was going about ready to be released as far as most analyst predictions. So I think it's uh, exceeding those expectations, despite what you're saying as far as it's concerned. But I, I've not seen a good Tarzan movie in my lifetime, but uh, and I don't think this one will probably add to that. That that this one will probably add to the queue of negative. Um, um, we've seen uh, Tarzan movies, so I'm unsurprised by a success. Are you? Yeah, no, I mean it. Like I said, like it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't something that really like I came out of the theater being really stoked about. Like it was, it didn't really show me anything that cool that wasn't in the trailers is, you know, it's one of those movies. And that leads to a bigger discussion before we continue 2016. And we've talked about this and touched on this before. Do trailers show too much? I've see, that's the thing. Like right there, it's like, where is the balance? Cause you, you obviously want to pull people into the movie, but you don't want to give too much away. And I know comedies have an especially bad problem with this is showing all the funny parts. And then, you get into the movie and you're really just not into it. Um, 
I know Batman versus Superman was accused of doing that because they they showed Doomsday when they shouldn't have. Um, I know uh, for a fact, you know, the last year's Terminator that was an issue when they showed John Connor being uh, already a Terminator, um, which you know again was another problem uh, with uh, uh, showing it too early on the trailers. I think you know everybody says you know Star Wars does everything right. Not always, but one thing they do show very well and do show off very well, I think that they, they are very guarded on what information comes out. And I think because they know that their audience doesn't need that much information in order to come to the movies. And that's why uh, uh, their trailers are so good. Uh, whereas, you know, with other movies that, that are desperate to get an audience, sometimes they're, they're willing to show too much, like you said, just to try to get them in the theaters. Yeah, and if you look at Star Wars, like they, their movies are so rich and everything, like so detailed that they can really they can get away with showing very little and keep people interested in it. Um, you know, you look at a lot of uh, a lot of sci-fi movies. They do they're guilty of showing all the parts in the trailers that people would want to see, and then people go to the movies and they're really not that into it. Uh, the movie that you're going to go see, Ghostbusters tonight, um, gave away, I thought, a little bit too much uh, in regards to Chris Hemsworth's character, that they had already um, uh, gave away something that I would have found much more interesting uh, had I seen it for the first time on screen, because uh, I re- recently saw it at the Chinese uh, TCL Chinese Theater in Hollywood this week, and uh, I would, but I already knew that going in, so... Um, it was kind of uh, disappointing when you see it already happening on screen, like already I've seen this before. Um, but uh, that's just one th- example I could say, but um, you know, there, there is, I think there's just has to be so many, there's international trailers, there's, there's uh, domestic trailers. There's, there's so many trailers that, that these movie companies seem to have to be, have to feel like they have to put out in order to get people uh, to, to, to come to theaters. And plus, Sometimes they release trailers six, seven months, nine months in advance, which in a lot of cases doesn't need to be done. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, it, it, it just it depends on like uh, Mike and Dave need wedding dates is another example of that one. I saw that one too, and that was they really did pretty much show all the funny parts in the trailers. The movie was still funny, but it's just – you know, you really got to be careful what you're showing or else there's not really going to be any surprise left for people when they go to see the movie. Exactly, indeed. Uh, so getting back to our to what uh, I've, you know, been good this year. I know we talked uh, in the past about uh, Captain America Civil War. I thought it was very strong, the first two parts of the film. I thought the third pa- third act for me was not quite where it needed to be. Um uh, so I, I'd say I, I've not really seen a film this year uh, outside of uh, Rob McCallum's Missing Mom, um, but that's just a documentary. I know for many people, they want to see it. You know what? You should get a chance, anyone out there, get to see it, Missing Mom. It's on Vimeo. Um, it, it's really good. Uh, but as far as major theatrical movies are concerned, um, you know that that's a good thing to say because I, I I it's it's really tough. I've not seen one movie that's knocked me over uh, as of yet. Uh, at this point in time, not even the movies, animated movies like Zootopia have have really just yeah. ultimately nailed it in my opinion. 
Um, in the gaming world, it's different, though, because there's been a lot of games. Sorry, Pokemon Go. Solid stuff, but crashing and servers crashing and, and game freezing, uh, it does not make it for a, a perfect experience. So we're not going to include you on this list. But Uncharted, uh, you know, obviously Uncharted 4 for me, though, that, that's, you know, that's got to be something that people have, have talked about as far as putting on the top of their list. Inside, a game which uh, I had said for a while that, that, that to be looking forward to, that has come out to outstanding reviews. Uh, Overwatch, which uh, um, I was also happy to say you could see the success coming, and if the game was going to be decent, it was going to get a lot of support, and it, and it has. It's, it's more than met it, its expectations. Uh, um, there, there's been quite a gr- good number of games that have come out uh, at least this year. Um, on the TV side, what, what are some of the TV shows that, that have piqued your interest? Oh, um, I haven't really been watching a lot of TV. I did watch Netflix's season two of Marco Polo, and that was I, – I really love that show. I just It got – the whole first eight episodes of the season were just fantastic, a lot of intrigue. It was like a, you know, a more – it's like Game of Thrones, but you know more Mongolian, obviously. But the uh, you you, you kind of notice in these shows when the writers are trying to get it to like the last episode of the season, kind of put a bow on it, but keep you wanting more. They tend to get really lazy, and so that's what I noticed in the season finale of Marco Polo is that compared to last season, you have these epic battle scenes, this huge martial arts climax. Compared to that, it kind of like the ending kind of you know sizzled a little bit not it wasn't really you know you had this bright flame and then just kind of smoldered into nothing but you know i'm still gonna watch season three well for me i think the best i've seen on television um again is another documentary and i'm gonna touch on it it's uh the espn um five-part series uh oj made in america um, uh, if anybody wants to understand as far as uh, watching great uh, documentary work, um, uh, it is touches on a lot of sensitive subject matters that, that still resonate with our society today. Um, but I, I think if you're really going to go ahead and, and binge on something, I would, I would highly and strongly recommend that because people need to understand uh, uh, about oh, you know, how important that was to us in the 90s as far as uh, the the case itself, everything surrounding the case, uh, relations at that time, uh, and and like I said, how it affects the world we 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 live in today. Um, can't recommend that enough because it was just truly an outstanding watch. Um, there's also, you know, speaking again of OJ, as far as the People versus OJ Simpson, eh, some overacting here and there, but overall, it was it was uh, a pleasant watch. Uh, uh, you know, as far as it's concerned, even though it, it kind of strayed away from the actual uh, real subject matter sometimes to make it obviously for drama, but uh, for the most part was, was really uh, uh, some, some decent viewing. Um, the Walking Dead for many was not exactly what, what they wanted it to be. Um, I know that for, for from seeing as far as the responses on that. But um, I guess probably, you know, Game of Thrones would probably right be a lot of people's choices as far as how good and how how wonderful it's captured people's attention. Uh, so at this point in time, you know, people, the Americans, uh, which which I've always said is a, a really solid show for years now, and 
I hope people are watching that one because now that finally uh, it's getting its due as far as Emmy nominations are concerned, it's it's something that uh, uh, people should be go out of the way to see. And then Mr. Robot, I think uh, uh, from the USA Channel, I, I know that that has become a darling to to a lot of people, and I think uh, you know people should be be wary of that show as far as something they might want to tap into. So. You know, any last thoughts on, on the best 2016 so far for you? Yeah, let me just while we're on the, the subject of television, let me ask you something. Do you keep up with, with Top Gear at all? I keep up. I've only seen a few, a couple episodes this year, excuse me, but I keep up more with the actual news behind the scenes. That I definitely do as far as it's concerned because it seems to make more news off camera than on, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, so the the whole thing, like, there's this, this belief that, you know, the BBC was confident that once they fired Jeremy Clarkson that, you know, they would keep their viewers. But Top Gear has gone from one of the most watched television shows in the world down to one of the BBC's, like, lowest performers. So do you think that – do you think they are wrong in, in thinking that and, you know, in firing Jeremy Clarkson? Obviously, his new show on Amazon Prime is going to be – I'm curious to see it, but I hear it's supposed to be the same format as it was in Top Gear. But do you think the the idea that talk shows or motor, you know, a show like Top Gear, do you think that the people watch it because of the hosts, or do you think they watch it because they like the subject matter? This has been a debate among, you know, people fans for for a while now. I can tell you, it's it's uh, goes with many shows that that make these type of mistakes that has these falling out between cast members. You've seen, I've seen this before over the course of time as a movie watcher. I mean, as a TV watcher and, a, and a sh- somebody who's, who's stayed uh, somewhat up on the entertainment scene. You see this. When, when egos get in the way and, and when battles between inner personalities and also as well the company is away, the show suffers, there's a breakup. And even if, if Jeremy Clarkson achieves some lo- level of success uh, in, at the, with his Amazon venture, He's never going to get back to what, I, in my opinion, as far as it's concerned, unless he creates something cr- totally brand new, um, he's not going to get back to to what what success the Top Gear had. Top Gear had that success. Top Gear had, at that point in time, like you said, it was the top-rated show on BBC. It had that unique karma of everything built in as far as what an audience was attracted to. And once you start making changes, uh, you it's hard to get that back. And in most cases it does not happen. And I think it's a combination of, of the studio not stepping in more quickly and, and selling these issues and, and saying, Hey, we need to work out it to make, keep the show going fresh and to keep it entertaining, entertaining. Cause we have something good here um, because success, you know, if not handled properly, you know, it, it, it's, it's doomed to fail because it's just people get, get big heads. They start, start thinking uh, that they're, they're better than the actual product itself and that they're bigger than the product itself. And thus, thus, you know, the quality suffers. And, and you've seen that top gear is a great example. They'll never get it back. And, and uh, as far as that show is concerned, I, I see that show probably meeting its end very, you know, sooner rather than later and with Jerry, Jeremy Clarkson. The way it's promoted on Amazon, I have a feeling you know it'll do pretty good, you know. But will I will achieve Top Gear like numbers? No, because everybody associates him with Top Gear, and I think that's a period of time that that 
that uh, should have done made more effort to keep that show as cohesive, uh, you know, more cohesive than it than it ultimately was made out to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and because you had like say you know let's say you and I have a show together, a game source show, you know, and it does wild hits and whatnot. And and we're number one here, number one there, none more here, none more there. And if we don't work together to make it keep making it consistently a great show, then obviously there's going to be a there's going to be a valley that's going to hit and it's going to hit rather quickly. So I think the case in point was just Top Gear. They just you know bigger heads you know prevailed, and unfortunately for the show it suffered. And for the viewers, viewers all they have to do they have the power with the remote, you know. All they have to do is just this. And pe- people forget that in the entertainment industry. All they have to do is this. And uh, I believe uh, I heard was, you know, was listening to the radio and uh, they quoted uh, an executive uh, in the TV industry who said that there's just way too many choices of good television, not bad television or any television, good television viewing right now. And there is, there's so much good quality shows that's available on either television or instant video or, or what have you, that all you need to do is just this click that button and change the channel. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree completely, especially with a subscription based television. Now you really don't need to watch cable television at all. You can kind of, you know, you got Hulu, you got Netflix and these channels now are these, you know, subscription based choices now have their own original programming that, seems to be far better than what's on television. But not quite as good as game source programming. I'm just of, of course, of course. I mean, we'll always be number one in my book. There you go. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and speaking of, of TV, of gaming, of movies, of comic books, and, well, this weekend is, is probably as big as any other because it's San Diego Comic-Con time again. And this weekend, everybody is anticipating, you know, just just a fantastic time down in San Diego. I wish we were down there reporting live at the scene. Um, well, actually, probably I probably couldn't catch up to you because you'd probably be, you know, getting all those collectibles right now. But um, you know, I'd be like, um, and now to jo- Josh, and he's gone. Oh. And he's gone. And he's gone. But uh, needless to say, there's there's. Everybody seems to be going that well. Everybody except for Justice League is being seemingly going down to Comic Con uh, as far as to make announcements, to to break the news, the audience, because they understand the importance that San Diego Comic Con has. From what you're hearing, what you're reading, and what you're seeing, what are you looking forward to this weekend, and what do you hope will happen at San Diego Comic Con this weekend? Oh wow. Um... So last night I came upon an interesting article that the CW had acquired the rights to the Constantine television show. And so I, I know the show performed kind of poorly, but I, I really liked it because I, I really like that character. He fascinates me. But um, so I'm hearing things now that this, that Constantine might come back onto the CW. So I'm really hoping for an announcement in that area because I think Matt Ryan played a really good Constantine. Um, I, I, I will stop you for just a sec, and I know you'll probably, um, speaking of falling out like Top Gear, you'll probably we'll, we'll probably have a falling out after this. I thought he was okay. I watched the show and thought he was okay. 
I personally like the Keanu Reeves. Uh, I, li- I personally like the Keanu Reeves movie. I thought making four hundred three made almost four hundred million dollars at the uh, box worldwide box office. I thought it was going to set itself up for a for a sequel. Um, I personally enjoyed the movie. Uh, I know as everybody seemed to seemingly on the fence. I've watched it again uh, on TV and whatnot. I think it's a, a worthwhile opportunity as far as for for a sequel. So I personally thought that think he's he's just as good a fit as 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 Paul Ryan, but that's just me. So I don't know how you felt about the movie. So that's just saying that out in front. So no, I I agree. Like I really liked uh, Keanu Reeves' iteration of Constantine. I was hoping for a a sequel too. But that's the thing that really irks me about D, the you know the DC movie universe is they have all these like great properties like Constantine that they've created over, you know, a span of 15, 10, 15 years. And they're just, all of it's just gone now because they're trying, you know, they're building this big, uh, their big DCU and the, um, well, the, when I say that, when I say that, as far as the concern is, it's tough because I saw that film and how, how it was made and, and more elaborate special effects, obviously they have a bigger budget. And then when you try to shrink down Constantine's world into a smaller size, for me, that was kind of, uh, I don't want to say a step down, but you know what? For all intents and purposes, I have to say, for me, it was a step down. Oh, no, yeah, I completely agree. Like, they, Constantine's stuff, a lot of it, like, you can you kind of see, like, the uh, the budget effects in it. But it's, um, I you, yeah, Constantine has a huge world, and he's so connected with a lot of these different shows that have been spread all over the uh different cable stations like he was he's connected to lucifer he's connected to arrow he's connected to i don't know if he's ever been connected to the flash but he's been on he's been in batman comics he's he's a very dark character with a very rich history but he's i feel like on tv he hasn't really gotten his justice so so you're looking forward to as far as constantine uh is concerned and and obviously him interacting because I, I uh, like you, I've heard the rumors and heard that he might be interacting even with, if it's not a show per se, but at least interacting in that, in that world, in that realm of the DC universe on, on CW, which personally that, that I'm okay with that. I thought, think would be really cool uh, to see the, the different scenarios there. Uh, for me, as far as concerned, Comic-Con, I, I don't know how much Star Wars can really actually tell us uh, after Star Wars Celebration last week um, with all the great news coming from there. Uh, I don't know if they have anything left for Comic-Con. Um, we're sometimes between the Disney experience, the D, you know, whatever they're on now, D23, 24, whatever, um, and, and on Star Wars Celebration, I don't know if they'll have anything left for Comic-Con. Um, I'm hoping they will, or at least I'm hoping at some point in time the Doctor Strange uh uh, panel will, will yield some in new information, um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm uh, on that end. Um, you know, and then also the Suicide Squad. You're obviously going to hear a little bit more about that as, as the anticipation builds on that, and, and it seems to be getting a lot of good buzz as far as it's concerned. So people are looking forward to that, which would be a big boost to Warner Brothers uh, and and their efforts for as far as the DC universe movie universe is concerned. Um, but right now, I just so hoping for a lot of good things. I know we've got uh, 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 friends of the show that are down there. Paul, uh, be safe when you're down there. You know he's uh, ha- getting a lot of collectibles while he's there, and and just just hope everybody goes down there and has fun and no incidents or anything like nature of a bad nature, and just hope everybody has a good time. But 
We will report to you all the latest findings on our Pop Culture Cosmos page uh, on Facebook. So give us a like there. And then also as well, uh, Game Source will also have some tidbits uh, from actual Comic-Con in and of itself as well. So, um, Josh, any final thoughts or what are you working on right now as far as it's concerned now that you are a newly minted graduate of the you know, National, U- National University? Um, first, l- while we're on comic books, let me, let's talk about the ironically stated uh, white elephant in the room, which is the new Iron Man comic books. Um, Indeed, because they recently made a, uh, well, actually they've, they've shown that, that Tony Stark is no longer going to be in the comic books, the main character but I'll let you elaborate more. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I haven't read it yet, so I, I can't really go, I don't know a great deal about it except what I've read, but just the idea that he is stepping down and handing the Iron Man mantle over to a young African-American woman whose backstory involves something about, you know, having a rough life and all that and turning your life around. Like, I, I think it, it, it could be a good story, but at the same time, I'm not in a hurry to rush out and read it. Like, I trust... Brian Michael Bendis, obviously, because of what he did with Miles Morales in Ultimate Spider-Man. But let me ask you this. At some point, do you think that they're just kind of overdoing it with the... uh, I know we've talked about this before, but do you think they're overdoing it with diversity in comic books? Because this, to me, feels like it could be a rehash of the Miles Morales story. Like, he saw how successful that was, and then he just is kind of doing the same thing. I know you can say that, but I'll tell you what, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a, a proverbial, I think Marvel often does, you know, sometimes just, just a bit from a visual, it's just opinion. I think they sometimes do things just to give a proverbial um, uh, finger to, to people that trolls and people that, that uh, the, the people that say such negative things on the internet. Uh, sometimes they like to go and do things just because they want to and they want to push people's buttons. You know what? This is going to push people's buttons, and I'm definitely okay with that. If she's written well as a great character, as far as is concerned, um, like so many other great Marvel characters have been written, and she's giving the same love, decency, and respect, I have no problems with it at all, and uh, I'm hoping best success in that. I know lots of people are, are piqued as interest as far as is concerned. It has brought out a lot of trolls and internet uh, uh, hate, but I... Tell you what, if it's written well, I don't see a problem with it. And I don't see a problem continuing that character into the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, because I know that it actually might actually, if it portrays well on comic books, I can actually uh, see that portraying even better on the big screen. Yeah, no, correct. I mean, I'm interested in reading it. I'm probably not going to rush out to read it just because I have so many other comic books I'm trying to get through. But the um, my my concern is that they – that you know, at some point it's going to become, when are they going to take like these heroes that we all love and kind of use, turn them into corporate cash cows, you know, instead of like giving us really giving us the good stories that we deserve to read. Not that she can't exist and have a great story, but I just, it's, you know, it's a concern in the back of my head. And that's a good concern to have, but you also got to weigh this factor. Um, You know, how long has Bruce Banner been, been, you know, detailed as a character how long has, you know, uh, as far as the Clark Kent, how long is, you know, all these, some of these characters have, have been portrayed and re-portrayed and re-portrayed and re-portrayed and backstoried and detailed in comic books for, you know, 
40, 50 years in some cases. So um, having a change of character to me is, is a fresh look at it. And, you know, it worst comes to worse, you know, Captain America is a Hydra agent. You know, that, that, you know, the plan intentional, it is, was intentional to get everybody <laughs> up in arms. And then obviously they're going to go back to some point saying, uh, you know, that that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, as far as in a later later issue after you bought the other issues. Obviously, the end goal for Marvel, you know, now that they're in oh, Disney, but when they were Marvel still by themselves, was to, to garner a profit. And if it freshens up the series in a positive way, with a, with a positive character that, that sparks interest for readers, then ultimately, whether it's just the, the character everybody's come to know or a new character put in its place, I think it's the best for the long run. Yeah, no, I I agree because uh, on the the fact that some of these heroes have existed for so long are kind of it's kind of you know. I mean, how much how much can you recreate the same character? How much yeah. can you go back to that same character? And I'm not talking about the actual superhero. I'm talking about their identity. You know, because some of these identities, which oftentimes they try to portray as just a bland, normal person with a normal supposed background. Um, how much you know does that really how, how how many times can you go to the well when it comes to that so sparking it up with a new type of character to portray that role to me you know sparks my interest and i know it spark a lot of other people's as well and obviously that's the key is just to get people coming back to the newsstands coming back to the comic book stores to buy more comic books and sometimes you know when you push those buttons it doesn't work out but to me i think like you like you alluded to it all depends on the writing and, and the writers have got to be on their game in order to do that. Because if it's not, then fans will will moan and groan on that, and and will definitely say it with their pocketbooks. Yeah, I, I think that if they're going, since this is such like a drastic change to Iron Man, I feel like it's not 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 a bad change. Just you know, a big one. Um, I just I feel like they need they should have new villains new characters i i think that she should exist separate of uh you know tony stark obviously she's going to be tied to tony stark his suits his legacy but i want maybe if she like had her own set of villains and acquaintances and friends like it would be it would show us like something fresh that we've never read before you know don't like i know uh miles morales spider-man is really good but they he he fights peter parker's villains over and over and over again it would be nice to see something new like if Miles Morales had, uh, you know, foes in high school that uh, like a big bully or whatnot from high school that that tried to beat up on him and the big bully became, uh, you know, a supervillain. I could see that. Like you said, that that provides a fresh new perspective with this new Iron Man character. If she has uh, adversaries and foes and her personal level and her personal life before she becomes Iron Man uh, to, and they and they suddenly for some reason or another through the magic of writing, become supervillains themselves. That would pro- provide a di- different new scenario. And, and like you said, that would provide a fresh new outlook for the series in, in itself and make it more appealing to, to people out there. So I couldn't agree with that, uh, with you on that any more than that. That's, that's something that they have to do, to, uh, you know, do and all comes down again to the writing. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but that's it for this time for Game Source Podcast 146. Uh, once again, check us out, Game Source on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, and the NU Herald. Um, again, 
Josh, what can we look forward to from you coming going forward? Um, probably around fall, you'll be able to read my new book, which is called Congratulations, You Suck, which uh, I'll give you a quick rundown. It's about a guy whose ex-girlfriend – it's a writer. The guy's a writer, and his ex-girlfriend uses his fame to promote her own book about how much being in a relationship with this writer sucked for her. <laughs> So it, it's it's been it's been a fun ride. It's something different from you know. It's a little more lighthearted than Vendetta Dark was, but I'm excited to get into people's hands because I've been talking about it for so long. Awesome! I, I can't wait to take a look at it myself. Uh, just just looking forward to that, and that's congratulations. You suck. Um, hopefully, coming looking at a possible September release date. Is that correct? Correct. Oh, sweet! So definitely, once it comes out. Or once it's getting ready to come out, we will let everybody know through our social media exactly all the you know the the expectations on that, the release date, information on how to get it, how to buy it, uh, pre-order information as soon as it becomes available, and uh, we will make sure everybody gets the word out the word out there on congratulations, you suck, and also Vendetta Dark, which you can get today on all the different book formats. So check that out, check that out indeed. So for uh, Josh, uh, any last words before we head on out? Um, yeah, I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about. You know, if you get a chance to check out Vendetta Dark, do it. And as always, I appreciate the support that the fans are giving me and Game Source, of course. We appreciate everything that you've done for us as well. You're part of the team, and you're you're you've done such so many great things for us. So we appreciate it. Um, and and looking forward to Comic Con this weekend. Looking forward to Star Trek Beyond this weekend. Jason Bourne next weekend. Um, you're going to see Ghostbusters tonight. I will hopefully, hopefully, if I can get my act together, hopefully provide a review of Ghostbusters that people can read on uh, on either yourgamesource.com or the NU Herald in the coming days. And hopefully when I see Star Trek Beyond, I could also do that same as well. I'd like to also hear your thoughts, Josh, once you actually uh, got get to see it. I'd love to hear what you have to say about the movie. Um, so... For Josh Peterson, author of Vendetta Dark and the upcoming Congratulations, You Suck. That's going to be awesome to say every time I have to uh, announce that, by the way. Um, <laughs> this is Gerald Glassford. Uh, once again, Pop Culture Cosmos, New Herald, and Game Source. Thank you for joining us today on Game Source Podcast number 146. Here, we're having another beautiful day in paradise, and here's hoping you have yourselves a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.